John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, Million Dollar Agent. Welcome, my fellow colleagues. How are you? Again, the power of technology has brought us together, Tom. Absolutely. You're at uh, McGrath at Edgecliffe. I'm at uh, realestate.com in Victoria, and we've got uh, 7,000 listeners somewhere in a car, somewhere maybe sitting on a sofa, maybe some people sitting in their office. Some if, people if are actually on a here, treadmill. If you can picture here, Tom, Troy and I are sharing a headphone. So <laughs> we've got one of those dual kind of Apple headphones. He's got one in his ear and I've got one in my ear. So we're joined at the hip at the moment. So we need a second well, sponsor to buy us a, a, a new uh, pair of headphones. So at least we've got a second Troy, headphone. <laughs> Troy, this, 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 we, we secured realestate.com as our, as our great sponsor and we, we didn't ask, we didn't want to move into a, a high-rise building in Pitt Street. We didn't ask for company cars. All we wanted was a simple ability that we can have one headphone each. That's right. But That's right. We're working I, up to it. I'll I, know, I know we've arrived when we have two se- sets of headphones. <laughs> I love the criticism <laughs> that comes through. But, it's always okay. a positive expectation. <laughs> Guys, this, this, this podcast uh, we've labelled Something Unimportant Done Well Does Not Make That Thing Important. And um, it's a line that Tim Ferriss uses in the four-hour work week. And I think that Tim Ferriss stands for time management, about, you know, doing things um, and making sure that you do the dollar productive and not being busy being busy. Real estate agents, uh, the classic job where you can, um, you've got to learn how to manage free time. So, guys, I'd, I'd love to hear your views on, on this concept about um how, how does a real estate agent in 2016, with the amount of distractions that are coming to them from their colleagues, from social media, email management, how do they make the main thing the main thing? Let's talk about mm-hmm. that subject. I think it's a really important one. And uh, I agree, Tom, that I always talk to our team or anyone I'm coaching. I talk about <clears throat> if you want to increase your business, you have to create capacity which means um, if you want to double your sales force, you need another you know, two times the desks. If you're an agent, you want to double your sales, you need time left to be able to bring in new business and process it and market it and sell it. Um, a lot of people are there and they're doing X uh, and uh, X volume and uh, they're wondering why they're not going to 2X and I'm saying, well, you must create capacity and space to attract the 2X into your life. So time, you know, people often, I think, mistakenly see uh, money is the most valuable resource. I think time is the most valuable resource. And I think uh, if you allocate your time properly, which is why we talk a lot about a whole range of things from big rocks to ideal weeks, and we'll talk about those, um, you then create the capacity. So, I mean, I love I love the... Did you say it, was, it came from Tim Ferriss? Tim Ferriss, yes. Yeah, I mean, look, it's really because it just, it just says it as it is that, you know, just because you're doing something and you're doing it particularly well doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. And... I think this is one of the great challenges because all our listeners, they're good people and they want to do the right thing. They don't want to let anyone down. They don't want to say no or disappoint anyone. But here's the deal, Tom. I've noticed that as you as you sort of climb the ladder of success, wherever you're at and wherever you're heading, there is inevitably going to be times where you, you have to recognise you can't do everything anymore. Um, and, mm. that, and that can be from you know, cutting out certain social events and you may not be able to spend as much time with people as you did in the past. Uh, you might be able to go to every photographic shoot or write every ad copy or whatever, whatever that means for you, and it's probably a bit of all of those things. You, you have to be uh, prepared to say, okay, what are the game changers? What are the activities that are really important 
that can take my business to the next level. And Johnny, uh, can I yeah, can, can I just ask you a question there? And the reason um, why is um, two of the Eric speakers uh, picked me up at New Zealand um, last week when I was doing um, some work um, in Auckland. Jared. Yep. Um, who's speaking at Eric and Ricky Cave. And Ricky said to me in the car, he said, I'd love to find out from you and from John, um, with, when, when, you, when, when you do get a bit of success and you're out there in real estate um, um, limelight and agents know of you, he says, I get a lot of agents calling me and wanting my time. Mm. Um, how do I do it in a nice way? Because he goes, I get distracted and I and I and it takes me away from the dollar productive activities. But at the same time, I don't want to actually, you know, be rude. Um, is there any tips? How do you gracefully say no, John? Yeah, look, I think there's a few things there, Tom. It's a really good point because you know one of the dark sides of success is you become popular in terms of not necessarily people all of a sudden liking you but all of a sudden people want a piece of you and they want to you know hear from you and they want to be coached by you and mentored you and I think that again you have to be careful that as you become more successful you don't distract yourself having said that there's also good karma and there's connectivity and relationship and network building Tom and even earlier today you and I were speaking to the to the upcoming ARIC speakers and we were talking about you know one of the benefits of speaking at ARIC and there's a, a range of them but some of the speakers in the past have built great referral networks from the delegates and the audience and people I've met, and that's actually helped grow their business. So often these activities have upsides, but if you're not careful, they can have dramatic downside as well. And I've seen agents who have been in full momentum lose momentum because they get distracted by these initiatives. So I think there needs to be a balance between the two. So, Tom, I think, you know, the first thing is you have to be able to say no sometimes to people. And and, and that, that's a little bit uncomfortable for some people, but ultimately you can't be everyone's best friend, available to everyone, accessible to everyone, and still grow your business and achieve your personal goals and those for your family and friends. So I think, you know, it's about prioritisation. Second thing is it's about leverage. I think there are activities you can undertake, and whether you decide instead of having one-on-one -on -one meetings with people, whether you have short phone call conversations, whether you have a breakfast once a month with people that would like to kind of learn from you and you say, look, I'm intending to have a breakfast at the Four Seasons Hotel on the second Tuesday of, of July, why don't you come along and have a few like-minded young people that are kind of trying to get ahead and we're going to have a conversation. So I think you can do these things um, if you're being careful about it. And you know, people that want to meet sometimes, Tom, I just say, look, right now my schedule's pretty hectic, which generally it is, why don't you shoot me the bullet points as to what do you want to speak about? What's on the agenda? What are the specific questions that are uh, exercising your mind at the moment? And then we'll see what I can do a phone call. Now, because of the beauty of mobile technology, of course, you know, as you're going to meeting after meeting, there's always a five or 10 minute slot where you can slip in a phone call with people. So I, I do that quite a bit as well. Cause I find if you, if you take all these meetings, you then let go of the things that are priorities. If you have a face-to-face -face meeting, inevitably it's not going to be 15 minutes, it's going to be 45 minutes, and yet the same amount of information gets communicated. So I think you know, you've got to be a little bit selfish in terms of preserving your time for key activities and, and key groups of people and the people that, that you, know, you can really uh, benefit most. Okay. I'd love to, um, John, move forward on this issue that most of our listeners there would be very keen to know what these dollar productive activities are that 
we know that there's a certain amount of activity. And if you use that rule that they say that, you know, um, 20% of the activities that you do in your week will produce 80% of the results. Now, whether it's 20-80 or whether it's 30-70 or whether it's 10 and 90, what we clearly know is that some activities are far more valuable mm. in your overall year 12 goal, mm. um, your 12-month your goal than, say, um, an activity um, that may uh, be on your to-do list but the value that it derives is not high. What are some of the things, John, that come to your mind that you'd say, hey, this is an MIT, most important task that you need to be doing? Tom, it makes me, or it has me remember that when I spent a few days shadowing Bob Bolan, who was an amazing agent, still is, but he's kind of semi-retired now. And he used to say to me, John, every day you have to be face-to-face with five qualified customers that want to buy or sell a piece of real estate. That was his very simple definition, and I, I think it's quite a good one that you know, if you're in front of a qualified buyer who is either showing them property, explaining property, following up with property they want to buy, negotiating a sale, that is a dollar productive activity. Just as, of course, is face-to-face with someone, ideally face-to-face, um, but in dialogue or conversation with someone that has a, a desire to sell a piece of property or, or create a listing, um, if you spend... of your work week, and most of us are working 60 hours, if you spend 50% of that work week face-to-face with people that want to buy or sell and you have a good presentation and a good business model and you're asking the question, would you like to buy the property, would you like to list with me, just keeping it very, very simple, that is the best. Now, that's for a sales agent. Now, I know there are principals on the line and (coughs) I think for principals the key thing is, is really talent, talent attraction and talent productivity. So if I'm a principal, you know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, if I ask most principals, what's the, what's the thing that's most likely to take your business to the next place, whether it's an office or a cluster or a, or a group, the answer is talent. If I can find more people that are highly talented, bring them over to our brand, retain them, grow them and make them more productive, and then I say to people, well, how much of your activity of your week are you putting in? And even though that's the most important activity, some of them are saying, well, it happens piecemeal, sometimes zero, sometimes 10%. And so I say, well, imagine if you put 50% of your week into growing your business by attracting, uh, retaining, growing your current talent and people you'd like to work with. I mean, you know, your business would take off overnight. So I, I think... John, you came, you, you came and spoke to my News Corp uh, mm-hmm. management team about a year ago and you said that one of the rituals that you have is to make a certain amount of call um, each morning. Yeah, and I think you said got growth calls, culture calls. It Nurture, was so eloquently yeah. put at the time. Can you run through those um, calls? Yeah, so just as a little ritual, I, I try and do at least five in the first half of the day, which is growth. So a growth call would be an outbound call or a follow-up call to that, if it's successful, will grow the business. So um, for me in my position, if I was a sales agent, that's generally going to be... Uh, regarding a, a potential client, someone I'd like to meet, someone I'd like to pitch my services to. And it, as a business, you know, it could be a potential recruit, someone on your team that you'd like to, to bring. Um, the other thing is five nurture calls. So again, as a principal um, or an agent, doesn't really matter. What would five calls you could make that could continue to grow an existing relationship? So the growth calls are generally new relationships. The nurture um, calls uh, are, are really around existing. So it could be for an agent, a past client. If you rank five people every day that you'd done business with in the past and you wanted to stay close to in the future, 
that would be an awesome use of 30 minutes of your day. Most of these calls are only taking three or four minutes. They're, they're touch base, checking how they are, quick update on the market, what's happening, and then they're off. So let's call it five minutes. So again, I think these are just little little rituals, but if you have them you know, in, your, in your life, little things you do each day, um, they sort of, over time, they grow and they grow and they, they build upon each other and then all of a sudden, you know, you've, you've got a whole new business. So I think they're kind of key things. I mentioned, you know, before big rocks, Tom. So, you know, the metaphor of big rocks is, you know, what are the most important? If there were five things, and, and I'd ask the, the, at our MDA audience listening day, if there were five things that if you mastered and you did brilliantly well and you focused with a laser focus on, that would take your business, whether you're an agent or a principal, to the next level, what would those five things be? And then I would just fill my diary with those five things. And that can be the first half of the day. I mean, we know Phil Harris, who's a good friend of the podcast, and, and yours and mine. We know that, uh, you know, Phil talks about AM energy and PM energy. So, you know, he does the business growth, proactive stuff in the morning and then the managing in the afternoon. I, I like that concept because my energy is about the same. It's kind of better in the morning and it's kind of in the afternoon. It's more about maintenance and, and nurturing. So I think that it's really, you know, the key thing out of this podcast is you can't do everything. You have a limited bandwidth, which could be so many minutes a day, so many hours a week. Um, choose the most important activities that can shift the needle in your business and your life. Put those in first and then let ev- all the other activities fall around them, like the big rocks, and, uh, and you will probably find then that you know, you'll, you'll be doing so many of these, these big rock activities that there won't be a lot of time for the less important activities. Okay, John and Troy, because I knew that we were doing this podcast today, we actually agreed on the subject yesterday. Um, I actually spoke to five agents that were writing a million dollars in fees at the moment, and mm-hmm. I asked them up these questions. So if it's okay, can I shoot through some of their answers yeah, yeah. on what they said? Yeah. Um, they said that these were the highest dollar productive activities. Um, calling buyers and servicing them with their own stock or even other agent stock by providing information to these buyers. Um, Calling back people on their hit list on a Saturday afternoon and giving them market updates on what happened in their suburb with auction results that day. So that might be a hit list, might be pipeline sellers, would that be... Pipeline sellers. So when they use the word hit list, they, I think that the, the term, it's a metaphor they're using, that these are the people that are mostly going to be coming. <laughs> I keep going. I'm just worried about who's on the hit list. <laughs> yes. Okay. John, Troy, as long as we're not on that list. Um, okay. Second thing is that they talked about the importance of doing their first round and second round calls to open house visitors. Mm. So... Um, making sure that you call them once, but you call a second time for the ones that you're missing out. They said spending time with connectors, influencers, and shot callers in their community during the week. Mm-hmm. They said shooting videos, market wraps, and shooting vid- property videos um, increasingly more. And they talked about systematically working their social media, but not spending time uh, unnecessarily on social media, but using it strategically. And the last thing that they said is that they had four or five prospecting filters or spheres or umbrellas that they focused on throughout the week. Some people said it was open houses. Other people said it was focusing on community. Others said it was working on some the expired listings or withdrawn listings in their marketplace. Um, 
So, Tom, it's I interesting you say that. I mean, it's a great list, and hopefully everyone will rewind and write that down if they're driving or, or they've written it down. Um, you talk about you know Saturday. Saturday's such a critical and pivotal part of the week for agents because you know in many instances it's showtime and all the the effort that you put into Monday to Friday often is is you know in an auction market. It's often your Saturday is the is your showtime day. Um, most of our top agents now they are so concentrated and so uh, productive on a Saturday. So here you know here's how it's looking: is often their Saturday will have six to eight open for inspections and even amongst that there could be two or three auctions even and you know a lot of agents like this Tom. Yeah. Um, their Saturday afternoon now, once all that busy activity and productive activity has finished, their Saturday afternoon is now callbacks. So what used to be Monday callbacks are now Saturday afternoon callbacks. They're finding yeah. that they're getting so much better access and, and so the, the nice thing about this is by if you do all that well, so that means if you put on a great show at auctions and if you've prepared well and the properties are selling and you've got underbidders and you've got interested buyers and you've got people that came through for the first time you're open for inspections and then you're qualifying to the next level on Saturday afternoon come Monday you've almost got the rest of your week fully booked with with meaningful appointments or as Bob Boland would say five face-to-face qualified meetings daily so Saturday is a really crucial day for you to be at your highest energy to be doing the best dollar product activities and if there are agents listening that are still not in the mode of doing open homes for whatever reason I really encourage you to, to break and, and to change that mind shift because you know, open homes are a fantastic way for you to get 100 potentially qualified buyers through a number of products that you're representing and, and meet some great people in the marketplace in the space of three or four hours um, in, in today's market. So I think it's really, really critical. And then, for example, the rest of your week could be really full of productive appointments. Just, just imagine if you treated every person that walked into an open for inspection on your Saturday from morning to night as if they were someone that had come in to do a forensic interview on you as an agent. Yeah. What sort of a person would show up? And Matt Lockwood said to me that that's probably one of the biggest tips that he's giving to the agents that he's working with and he works with some of the best is that um, don't don't be an agent that says I'll be nice to this person because mm-hmm. they're a potential vendor, but this one's a buyer. Just treat everyone because every person you meet, John and Troy, is an incredible opportunity for you to have that special long term relationship. Yeah, no, I agree, agree totally. I think that's treat everyone like VIP royalty, and then you don't have to worry who you meet because they're always they're all going to respond well. So uh, yeah, look, I think that's the, the, the key things. This message is really just keep it simple. Fo- work out and then focus on the things that are the most productive and the greatest payoff activities. Uh, find a way to gracefully um, delegate most of the other activities or perhaps leverage and group them together. Um, and just you know, create the capacity because I know that every one of the 7,000 people listening to us has the ability, if they create the capacity and they continue to evolve themselves, to double their business. So uh, hopefully you know, today's left some good messages as to how they might be able to do that. Okay, um, as we finish off here, um, I'm just going to give some people some useful information, particularly those that are going to ARIC and those that have not gone and booked their ticket yet but want to come to ARIC. The reason I'm at REA today, uh, John and Troy, is that um, we're releasing a book and we're giving every person at ARIC a copy of that book and it's called There Are No More Blind Dates in Real Estate. And we're basically informing agents on how to win the digital and the social and the traditional interview. And John, 
what will happen is that those people that come to the uh, News Corp and realestate.com stand, they're going to get the first taste of augmented reality. They'll get a free copy of the book, which mm. is a, it's an education book, and on the cover, um, the picture will become live on a phone um, where there will be a message saying, come in and have a read of this book because you can't judge a book by its cover just like you can't judge a house by the outside. That's very cool. So... It's the first taste of augmented reality. So I'm going to urge everyone that's at ARIC to come and get this free uh, uh, training book. It's about how to use Facebook and social media to grow your personal brand. But I also, John, I think this is the week that airlines start moving their fares up dramatically to the date because you usually find it's the three to four week mark yeah. that airlines move their numbers. I know that we talked to our ARIC um, speakers about half an hour ago, uh, record numbers booked so far, mm. um, a good opportunity for those that um, are the late signer-ups to going to ARIC. This is a great week to do it because I think you'll still be able to get um, reasonably um, cheap fares to fly to the Gold Coast. Yeah, and I think the other thing, and Tom, is accommodation is critical. Apparently there's a jazz festival up there at the time which could add some colour to the... Uh, the whole weekend for people who want to go and visit it after hours, but uh, accommodation is tightening up as well. So a couple of people have tried a couple of hotels that they booked in last year to find that they they were fully booked. So uh, again, there are there is still a number of hotel rooms on the coast available, but they are filling up a bit quicker than usual. And, and we're still expecting as we head towards 3,000 uh, registrations at the moment, we're expecting another half 500 to another thousand to come. So that, they'll be taken up pretty quickly. So. I think make sure you've registered, um, make sure you get your airline tickets as quickly as possible and please secure a room up there. Um, and uh, we look forward to seeing everyone up there. I think we're going to have one more podcast before, so we might tell you a bit more in the next podcast about some of the uh, some of the speakers that we've been talking to uh, before we get to ARIC. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you to our sponsor, realestate.com.au. I look forward to speaking to you all next week where we will uh, be meeting face-to-face. I prefer it face-to-face. But this is not too bad either. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. Look forward to it. See you. See you guys. Bye.